At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is the Chicago CityCast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. What's happening, people? Welcome to it. It is time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers on this Thursday morning. Currently is when I'm recording this, but you may be listening to it in the afternoon. Nevertheless, got plenty to go over, at least in terms of the NBA. That is right, folks. Free agency starts tonight at 5 p.m. Central Time. What will our beloved Bulls do, if anything, Rumors, not too many of them, and the ones you're hearing, not really anything that's moving the needle, I feel like. But we'll give you the latest reports. I'll share my two cents of what I want them to do, and uh, then what realistically will probably happen. But that seems to be the way it goes uh, as a Bulls fan these past 10 years when free agency has gotten even crazy. I guess like 15 years at this point. But yeah, that'll be in the second part of this episode. We'll get more into the action with the Bulls. We got the last game of the Cubs in Red Series tonight. The Cubbies getting a much-needed dub, 8-3 last night after dropping the first one, 5-3. Let's see if Kyle Hendricks can have another stellar pitching performance. I'm probably not fading him, so he probably won't, but we'll see if he can turn things around at Wrigley Field. And uh, the Angels beat the White Sox last night, 4-1. White Sox, they just continue to struggle. Now... Honestly, that's a tough spot because you're going against Otani. I'm beating myself up a little bit because I was really close. I was contemplating the Sox team total under. The thing is, it was like three and a half, and there might have been some juice on the under. I can't recall, but 
you know, as bad as this White Sox offense has been, I'm still like, man, three and a half is low. But Otani, a righty who's been killing it, you got to think he'd limit the Sox. And he did. So good for Otani, bad for the Sox. The Sox are now 2-1 to one to win the AL Central. Is there still value there? Man, I don't know. It's getting tough. We'll talk about that a little bit more so tomorrow probably. But last night, just to recap really quick, 1-1 one one with Danny's Dimes from Rush Hour brings our Major League Baseball record to 44-36-2. We did not hit the over with Atlanta and Philly. Should have stuck with my gut on that one and just bet the Braves outright. But we did cash in on the Blue Jays, minus a half on the first five run line, which was really good because... The reason I didn't bet the whole game is, one, because I like the starting pitching matchup, and two, the Blue Jays' bullpen is a liability, and three, it was going to be a sweep if the Blue Jays beat the Red Sox. And it's really hard to complete a sweep in Major League Baseball, especially against two competitive teams when you square them off against one another. So I didn't really like the Blue Jays for the outright game. Instead, I opted to do the first five, and luckily we came through. Correa hit a homer when it was 1-1, to made it 2-1, and we cash in on that. So 1-1 one one last night. was hoping for 2-0. Always hoping for an undefeated night, and uh, we'll see if there's anything good this evening. Couple games I'm contemplating. First one naturally being the Cubbies, taking on the Reds at Wrigley. Kyle Hendricks going to be slated to take the bump tonight. And as I said, look, he's coming off a great start. And naturally, it was one where I bet the Cardinals team total over. And you know what he did when 7.1 innings pitched, allowed five hits and no earned runs. Thank you very much, Kyle, for nothing. Uh, racked up six strikeouts and the Cubs won that game 3-0. That was last Friday, I believe. But Kyle Hendricks, as you very well all know, is not a consistent pitcher this year. I mean, it's it's actually unfathomable what he's doing. I I don't know if it's a from a betting perspective if it's a great thing or it makes you rip your hair out because it's just going back and forth. So if you know when it's coming, obviously it's doing wonders for you. But if he's on, like how can you gauge when that's going to be? Cuz look at this. I'm just going to kind of read off his earned runs, all right? This is from literally the start of the year. One earned run. These are the earned runs allowed by Kyle Hendricks. One earned run. Six, two, zero, six, four, zero, one, seven, four, three, one. Here comes a six again, and then a zero. Man, is this dude the definition of volatile. Like, how do you do this? It makes no sense whatsoever, Kyle Hendricks' inconsistencies. I, I mean, what the hell is going on? Regardless, still subscribing to the thought process of stay away or fade away with Kyle Hendricks. Tonight might be a stay away. Because the Reds are in a unique pitching spot themselves with Graham Ashcraft taking the bump, who's 4-1, 3-2-7 ERA. He's a young guy, 373 FIP, 13% home run to fly ball ratio. 371 Sierra and a 109 whip. So Ashcraft, I believe this is his first year. He's been pretty sufficient, right? I mean, more than that for a young guy. But throughout his last three games, he's surrendered 12 runs on 23 hits. Not that great. And on the road, for whatever reason, which is actually kind of funny, this is just random to throw out there. Not random, but... I, it's it's just comical because you're pitching at the Great American Ballpark, yet his numbers are actually better at home because on the road, he's got a 424 ERA, a 300 Woba, and a 384 FIP. 
not terrible numbers. It's just a little funny side stat to throw out there, I guess. I mean, we always look at home and road, but just because of how big of a hitter's ballpark it is at Cincinnati, it was just kind of odd to see. But it might be a hitter's ballpark tonight at the friendly confines. Hot day here in the Windy City, and the wind is blowing out 13 miles per hour. So what does that mean for Kyle Hendricks? His numbers show as 3-6, and six, 490 ERA, 487 FIP, 487 FIP, 457 Sierra, 130 on his whip, and a 13% home run to fly ball ratio. The runs could be coming in a plenty tonight, folks. And at home, the numbers are no bueno. 518 ERA, 351 Woba, and a 483 FIP for Mr. Kyle Hendricks. Not something you want to back, that is for sure. He has played against Cincinnati this year. It was on the road when four innings allowed five hits, four earned runs, uh, just only racked up one strikeout. The Reds won that game 4-3. to three. But again, he's coming off a great start. Does that mean he's due for a bad one? If we're going off trends, perhaps, or he'll allow like one earned run today. Jeez. Uh, he is 7-6 and six with a 447 ERA and 23 career starts against the Reds. Oddly enough, he's 4-0 with a 265 ERA during 10 home starts versus Cincinnati. Huh. That's peculiar. Now the Reds, well, we know them to not be the best offensively, especially away from home and in general against righties. They got a 682 OPS, a 291 batting average of balls in play, a 301 weighted on base average, and then an 87 weighted runs created plus. If you take away their production versus righties at home, their numbers naturally get a lot worse for them on the road. But the Reds have been doing well at Wrigley this year. If you look at that specific split, what have they been doing at the friendly confines? Well, they've been racking up an on-base plus slugging percentage of 850. A 468 batting average of balls in play, a 371 Woba, and a 135 WRC plus for this Reds team at the Cubs home turf. Now, speaking of the Cubbies, how are they doing against righties this year? Well, not bad, honestly. It's nothing that's going to blow you away, but numbers where it's like, yeah, you could expect a win out of this team against a subpar pitcher because they got an OPS against righties of 707, a BABIP of 302, a weighted on base average of 312, and a 99 WRC+. So again, nothing, nothing bad out of that bunch, but nothing that's going to blow you away. And naturally, the, the numbers at home do increase a little bit. Not anything drastically, but a little bit. So what's the play here, man? I mean, you got a young pitcher in Ashcraft who has yet to face the Cubs. You've got Hendricks, who's a mess, who's volatile, who's not that great at home, but could be due for a bad start, but also has pitched incredibly well versus Cincinnati at home. What do we do? Well, I told you it's a hot day and the wind is blowing out. That makes me think the total could be reaching double digits. But I opened it at about 9.5 just because, look, Ashcraft's numbers aren't bad. Hendricks has done well against the Reds at home and just coming off a great start. But still, they are liable. High home run to fly ball ratio. Wind is blowing out. Hot day. I made the total 9.5. And I made the Cubbies a minus 120 favorite because he gave the nod to the veteran and Hendricks. And then the Reds even money. Now, Bet Rivers opened the Cubs minus 125 in Cincinnati plus 108. So not too far off. 
little bit more faith in the Cubbies than I had. But they also made the total 9.5, put some juice to the under on it, did they? Minus 122. So we're on the right path to where our line was set. I still really think the only play I would make would be something with the Reds, although I'm not saying I'm going to do it. But it would be something like that if you put the gun to my head and I had to pick one team or the other. Because you just don't know with Kyle Hendricks. Folks, he could go out there and just deal like he did against St. Louis. Or he can do what he did the game before versus Atlanta and give up six earned runs on eight hits and 4.1 innings work. So maybe the safer call is to invest in that total going over. But, of course, that's already been adjusted a little bit. Because at Bet Rivers, it's at 10 right now. Over minus 112, under minus 107. By the way, the Cubs are now minus 122, and the Reds are plus 106. If you want to lay the run in the hook with the Cubbies, it's plus 155. Both bullpens are pretty bad. Pretty bad. My only play, my top one for this game, would have to be the over. And even the first five over, it's at five and a half. I was kind of hoping, not that they would, but if it was at four and a half, I'd probably take that. And usually, you know, if you're betting overs, you might as well do the full game and not the first five. But if they're giving you kind of a better bang for your buck, maybe you opt into that selection, but that's not the case. I... Man, I can't remember the last time I bet a total over when it's been at double digits or heck, even when it's been at nine and a half. I don't do totals that much. And if I do, it's typically unders and first fives. But I just honestly think, and I love to give you guys plays and bets and really strong leans, especially with our Chicago teams, but I just don't have it here. There are so many unknowns in this spot. If you've got something, let me know at Danny Burke 5. This could be a good prop game if you really want to seek it out. But I'm sure we'll see a decent amount of runs. I'm just not willing to bank on it to get invested. I could sit back, watch it comfortably, and wait for a live bet. That may be the best philosophy. Or heck, maybe a spend your night literally doing anything else so you're not stuck watching the Cubs and the Reds on a Thursday night. Go enjoy yourself or watch a better game. But nothing for me between those two teams tonight. Uh, White Sox, by the way, no game tonight. They open up a new series tomorrow at Oracle Park against the Giants. Tough series. Should be fun, though. What, if Rodon pitches, is he going to throw a no-hitter? Yeah, probably. It's going to be an absolute hammer on the Giants. Well, he's a lefty, so maybe that's the exception. But not looking good for the White Sox. Stop me if you've heard that one. All right, I know we only had one baseball game tonight, so I, I did want to preview one other game. Now, I haven't made a play yet, but I am very much so contemplating a look on the run line for the favorite here, and the favorite being the Seattle Mariners. Easy to say when you're playing against the Oakland A's. Maybe it's too good to be true, but the Mariners last weekend in Oakland swept the A's in three games and outscored them 19-3, to ladies and gentlemen. Not too shabby. And the Mariners are thrown out. A guy who I had as one of my top pitchers took a flyer on him for AL Cy Young. He has regressed, but still has some good numbers, and that being Logan Gilbert. Gilbert's 8-3 with a 2.44 ERA, a 3.24 FIP. He's got a whip of 1.09 and a 3.65 Sierra, so his numbers are really good. He's got an 8.5% home run to fly ball ratio, solid. 82.2% left on base percentage, also solid. And then he's racking up about 9 strikeouts per 9 innings. 
And at home, his numbers are better. 227 ERA, 244 WOBA, and a 251 FIP at his home ballpark. We know Oakland's not a great team. We know they struggle to hit, but it gets bad against righties, guys. 589 OPS, 260 Babbitt, 262 Woba, and then a WRC plus as low as 73. Remember, 100 is the average for the league, and however much you're down or up is the points you are below or above that league average in that specific split offensively, and man, the A's are way below. 27 points below. But what can the Mariners do? We're here bashing on the A's, but Seattle's been kind of a back-and-forth team themselves. Well, they're going against Adrian Martinez. No, not the former Nebraska Cornhuskers quarterback, but a pitcher who has only started one game for Oakland. It was at Detroit, and he went 4.1 innings pitched, allowed four hits, no earned runs, three strikeouts, and Oakland actually won that game 4-1. to one. So not too shabby for the kid. Uh, let me find out when that was again exactly, because it might have been a little bit a ways back. May 10th. So this guy pitched one game on May 10th, and then what, was just in AAA the, the rest of the time? AAA's got a 5.63 FIP this year. Yeah, I don't really want to trust this dude. But he did have one great game, was at Detroit's the Tigers. You know, the Mariners are a little bit higher than the Tigers, you got to figure. And Seattle's not bad against righties. 702 OPS, 284 Babbitt, 310 Woba, and a 107 WRC+. Good enough for me to want to have some justification on the Seattle Mariners tonight against the A's. And considering the A's bullpen has been abysmal, 452 ERA and a 144 whip. Whereas the Mariners, not the best ERA, but you can get by with it. 380 and then a really good whip of 1.12. So you're not going to bet the Mariners on the money line. And why do I say that? Because they're up to minus 230 at Bet Rivers. They open like minus 208. A's are currently plus 185. They open plus 180. Total's at 7.5, by the way. Incredibly low total. It's a little shocking. I guess maybe you're putting more stock into Adrian Martinez than I am. Um, wind is blowing in 7 miles per hour. Temperature a little colder, 70 degrees. I mean, that's kind of perfect, but in terms of getting runs in baseball. But yeah, the run line, the best number right now at Bet Rivers, even money. Every other book has like minus 105 or minus 110. So if you want to jump in on it, do it as soon as possible and look toward the Mariners. That'll probably be a play I end up pulling the trigger on. And realistically, my only baseball play tonight. Always slim pickings on Thursday. I hate it. I don't know why they make it such a crap schedule on Thursday. It's just the way it weeds out, I suppose. But yeah, not too much in baseball. But I am considering the Mariners on the run line at even money against the A's. Quick break here, folks. So we got plenty of bulls to talk about. It's the summer. Who cares? That's when the excitement starts, baby. And free agency starts tonight at 5 p.m. Central Time. The Bulls, many different opportunities, but will they cash in on any of them? I'll give my thoughts next here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three-leg, same-game parlay of at least $25 and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. 
Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. Back at it to talk some bulls here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here as always. And remember, as always, you can follow along on the tweets at Danny Burke 5 and make sure you're checking out Rush Hour Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you can't make it down, you can always get a hold of it at vsin.com. That's V S I N.com, along with the vsin app. Also on Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio. So wherever you get your podcasts available. And don't you forget about the Marquee Sports Network, baby. If it's a later Cubs game, earlier one, the Cubs ain't playing. You can find my show on there Monday through Friday as well. Okay, 5 p.m. Central Time, the excitement begins. Has tampering been going on? Heck no, every team is clean out there. Yeah, how do we get all these reports then? I'm talking about NBA free agency, of course, folks. Uh, you haven't heard too many rumors with the Bulls, right? You've already seen some moves happen with trades. DeJounte Murray going to the Hawks. That just made Atlanta a really solid team. Gallinari to the Spurs along with some draft picks. The Knicks trying to get Jalen Brunson. A lot of things happening. Kyrie opting in. James Harden opening up more space for the Sixers to do some work with their roster. And now we await to see what our Bulls can do. So again, 5 p.m. Central Time, technically that's when free agency starts. And the big news for the Bulls or the big concern has been what is going to happen with Zach Levine. Is Zach Levine going to come back to the Bulls? Well, the growing sentiment seems to be as we get nearer toward the start time is that Zach Levine will come back to Chicago. Apparently, he's always been destination number one and there was no real close second. That's what Joe Cowley tweeted out at Jay Cowley Hoops, covers the Bulls for the Sun-Times. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you thought, I feel like, right? Like there wasn't, maybe for like a day, you're thinking, man, the Bulls could lose Zach Levine here. But you realize what Rich Paul and their free agency at Clutch Sports is doing. It's all part of the strategy, and the Bulls really aren't going to get anybody better. As for Zach Levine, the three teams that really were going to be at the top of his list, I can't remember the other two, but it wasn't anybody impressive. And one of them were the Spurs, who are clearly tanking. So, yeah, the best option for Zach Levine is to stay in a place that you're familiar with, which is the Bulls, get a crap ton of money, and still be on a solid team. So that makes sense for Levine to stay, and that's going to be the Bulls' number one priority. And let's be honest, that is going to come to fruition. All right, so we have that solidified. Now, what the hell else goes on? Well, then the next big thing is what happens with Kobe White. Because Kobe White's been the biggest name in trade speculations for the Bulls, not in terms of him being a hot commodity, but in terms of him being a liability and Bulls fans and probably uh, members of the organization don't really want to see him wearing white and red and black occasionally. But at this point, the rumors, Joe Colley tweeting this out again, saying, per source, the Bulls have remained active in looking to trade Kobe White, but interest hasn't matched where the Bulls value him. Could keep him and let the market set the price on him next offseason. If that doesn't change, they are not just going to give him away. You feared this was going to happen with Kobe White. 
because he did not dish him out at the trade deadline when his stock was high. He then went on one of the worst runs I've seen by a player who's supposed to be a shooter and a good scorer that I, I just don't know that I've just seen in quite some time. I mean, he was terrible, terrible, awful. So no crap, no other team's going to want to give you anything valuable for him unless somehow you thought they were going to see potential. What did you think was going to happen? I mean, yeah, you got to test the markets, but nobody gives a damn about picking Kobe White up right now. So... Look, you can get by in the beginning stages of the regular season keeping on to Kobe White. When it comes to post-All-Star break, post-trade deadline, getting to the playoffs, <laughs> that's when I hope he's not on this roster unless he's completely done a 180. He's a liability out there himself. He's not maybe more so a liability, although he has had those moments. It's just more so you're taking up space and missing shots that I could just go out there and miss for a whole hell of a lot cheaper. So that's the issue with Kobe White. But maybe he really gets determined this offseason and comes out with a vengeance. He's going to need to for his career. Seriously. So not surprising no team wants to give any value for a guy like Kobe White. Cannot blame him. So he's probably going to remain a bull. Unless there's some big trade package deal or something. Now aside from the members... Of the Bulls team right now. By the way, Troy Brown Jr. is now an unrestricted free agent, I think is what it was officially. Not that that's moving the needle, but the Bulls didn't pick up his option, I think is what it was. So he'll probably be gone. But the big thing is now that everybody's tweeting about and talking about him, and that is one Mo Bamba. That's right. The big man with the Orlando Magic, Joe Cowley, saying, hearing if it was up to Mo Bamba, he would be a Bull by tonight. Wanted to be a Bull on draft night in 18. And that hasn't changed. Problem is, feeling isn't mutual at his current asking value. Now, aside from, I mean, Casey Johnson also talked about that a little bit too, who covers the Bulls exceptionally well. Uh, Joe talked about Casey Johnson saying Danilo Gallinari is in play. I'll get to that in a second. But Mo Bamba, is that a guy you want on your team? I think you would be fine with Mo Bamba, right? But you don't want to pay him a ton of money for a guy playing like 12 to 20 minutes as a backup center, right? And a guy whose numbers really aren't that efficient. They got better, but he's not lived up to the expectations that he once had. So if he really wants to be a bull, you got to go, hey, all right, give us something we can work with, though. Because you're not worth all that money right now. you got to earn that. Would I like Mitchell Robinson over him? 100%. Rudy Gobert? 100%. Yaka Pirtle? 100%. Now that the Spurs are throwing everybody off the ship. But didn't they just sign Pirtle to a huge deal? So I can't imagine that's going to happen with anything. Or do you save yourself some money and go in a different direction for a big man? You know, a veteran, a way cheaper option, and that's what Casey Johnson was reporting, saying that the Bulls could be joining the market to get the veteran minimum salary on a guy like Andre Drummond. Yeah, that would have been exciting five years ago. But still, that's a guy who, yeah, can help out, and someone the Bulls needed more than Tristan Thompson last year. I mean, Tristan was more of a leader, but, you know, it is what it is. Andre Drummond would be fine if you also just had a lot more scoring on the team, but you don't. Ideally, you could get another big man who can score or at least be big enough to just dominate on both ends. 
Drummond's getting up there in years, guys. I mean, he's not really going to help you offensively too much. He's just a bigger Tristan Thompson, I feel like. Like Mitchell Robinson, I still stand by this as I have for months, is the perfect fit to this Bulls team if you can keep Vooch. He's lengthy. I think he had the fourth most blocks last season. You can give him those lob passes. He can still wreak havoc down low. I think he would be beautiful in this offense. So if it's not Mo Bamba, could it be Andre Drummond? Could it be another guy that you've heard people talk about? Like the backup for the Clippers, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, 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 whichever one it is, my apologies. But yeah, uh, the big man, seven-footer. Potential hype around him. Young guy, I think he's 24 years old. That's a name that's been floating around. So we'll see. I'm still hoping for Mitchell Robinson. The, the Rudy Gobert trade package seems to be dwindling by the hour. That was more of a pipe dream, it seemed like. And anything involving a trade with the Rudy Gobert, you got to figure you're giving up some valuable assets such as a Patrick Williams. But are you afraid to give up a guy like Patrick Williams if it was for an all-star caliber player? like Rudy Gobert. To me, if you got to keep Vooch, now I'm not saying this would ever happen, but if you got to keep Vooch and you get rid of, say, like a Kobe White, Patrick Williams, whatever draft pick, like a second round, whatever it's going to be, and you get Rudy Gobert. So you get rid of Patrick Williams, Kobe White, draft pick, whatever, Rudy Gobert. You get like Rudy Gobert, Vooch, DeRozan, Levine, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, and the rest of the squad. Like, I like that team a lot. And I love Patrick Williams, don't get me wrong. And yeah, you know what? His ceiling is pretty high. But you can bank on Pat Williams hopefully being an all-star, or you could acquire one right now in Rudy Gobert. And you know what? I understand the sentiment around Rudy Gobert isn't that high from a lot of people in the league and fans and what have you. Put him on the right team. Don't make him have to do too much. Vooch will be your other big score. All right? I mean, as a big man score, right? The pressure doesn't have to be on Rudy Gobert. It can be alleviated. DeRozan, Levine, they've got you, man. Play defense, rebound, box out. That's all you need to do. And then hit the open shots when you get it down low. I honestly would not be that disappointed if the Bulls traded away Patrick Williams for the right piece. And it's nothing against him. Solid player, but he's not the biggest guy, right? He's kind of like a uh, a Paul Millsap type of size. Like a small power forward, but a big small forward. He's 6'7". I mean, I thought honestly he was even taller, like 6'9". So, yeah, he's athletic. He's playing great defense when he gets the opportunity. Is his scoring going to take that much of a step forward? I don't know. You'd hope so. You'd hope his shooting could become more consistent. Again, I get it. We love the kid. First pick under AK and company. And he kind of got the short end of the stick by not playing a majority of this year, but he still showed up when needed to in a lot of these games. I just feel like you got to be willing to part ways with a young asset that is valued pretty high in order to take that next step forward to being a championship contending team. 
I mean, folks, realistically, you think DeRozan's going to replicate what he did last year? No chance. Maybe not no chance, but he's not going to be as dominant as he was last year. He'll still be great, but not like MVP level great. You need help. And getting that help, you're going to have to part ways with a guy like Patrick Williams. And I'm okay with that because Patrick Williams at this point in his career isn't at the stage where he is going to have that significant impact to make you a championship team. Rudy Gobert might. And you may be laughing at me saying that, but I honestly believe that if you're not giving up too much. Rudy is a huge presence. Would have been a beautiful fit down low during this past season. Think about who you got to go against in the East. Bam Adebayo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Patrick Williams ain't stopping those guys, all right? A Rudy Gobert, Mitchell Robinson, they can help. They can help soften the blow. And then if that happens, you're getting rid of Patrick Williams, Kobe White, whatever it may be. You bring on a big guy like a Robinson, a Gobert. And not in the Mitchell Robinson scenario that you'd have to get rid of him, but I'm just saying. If you get, say, Rudy Gobert, we're just lim limiting it to that. Okay, then you pick up some veteran shooters who you can get for cheap. Dante DiVincenzo. I tweeted about it the other day, but the Kings aren't bringing him back. He could be a guy you could get for a decent price who can be a really good shooter. Would be a great fit for the Bulls. Danilo Gallinari, somehow he's still in the league and he's crushing it still. And the Spurs... Apparently, uh, Casey Johnson reporting that the Bulls are on a list of contending teams for Danilo Gallinari if he should be waived by the Spurs. So we'll see what happens with that. But I'm saying you're a couple of veteran shooters. You don't need Ray Allens on the team, although it would be great. But you just need some solid guys who can hit the shots when open. The Bulls didn't have any of that coming off the bench last year. Get a big man who changes the game. Rudy Gobert. And then get those shooters, aside from DeRozan and Levine, who can help them out and just be three-point shooters as their role. You got the rest of the pieces there with athleticism and length and transition offense. Terry with the draft pick, Desumu last year. Who knows what they do with Javante Green and Derek Jones Jr., but you still got Caruso and you still got Lonzo Ball. Hopefully he gets healthy soon. It's kind of getting worrisome. But if that were to be the case with getting Rudy Gobert, I'm all for it, folks. Do I think it happens? No. Probably not. And if that doesn't happen, then yeah, I want the same thing but with Mitchell Robinson. And ideally, you get him and don't have to give away as much. But you still need to get those shooters. But the first domino needs to fall, and I think that's got to be the big man. And then you go and you get guys like a Danilo Gallinari for cheap or... See if you could get Dante DiVincenzo. I still think he's a hell of an athlete. He could be streaky himself, but I think he could pick it up with his Bulls team. But I'm excited. See what the Bulls do. I want to temper my expectations a little bit. Because, yeah, we got to trust the process with AK and Eversley and company. But you also have to realize there's a finite amount of time in this window when you get a guy like DeRozan who's still going to be crushing it, right? And you saw the injuries the Bulls went through this past year. You realize how valuable time with this entire team is. And you realize how much better the East is getting. You can't just settle for average guys to fill those spots. Nah, you need to go above and beyond. That's what all these other teams are doing. And I get it. Look, Kevin Durant, 
Harden, Kyrie to the Nets didn't work out, you're still at least attempting. You're getting into the mix. The Heat are still in even speculations with some of these big names. Like Jalen Brunson was a guy that was brought up as a dark horse are the Miami Heat. They got a lot of pieces. The Sixers are obviously going to try to make a big splash. Bradley Beal, who knows? The Bulls need to be in contention for a big name. you got to be willing to sacrifice something. And if it's Patrick Williams for that needed piece that puts you over the top, then so be it. Patrick Williams ain't bringing you to a championship. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying Rudy Gobert is, but he takes you into a bigger step into that direction. I'm just saying. If I'm off, let me know. At Danny Burke 5. Feel free to chirp. But there's a lot of moves that need to be done. And like I always say, all we can do is trust the process with AK and Mark Eversley. But the closer we're getting, it's a little concerning. Mo Bamba, huh? Well, I don't know. I'm telling you, I'm high on Mitchell Robinson. Give me Mitchell Robinson. I am fine with that. And a couple shooters, and I will be feeling pretty dandy as a Bulls fan. Hopefully we got something tomorrow to report on it. I know it's immediate, but you know how these things work a lot of times. They've been uh, tampering, so they'll be ready to rock. But that is all we've got for today's episode of the Chicago City Cast. Thank you for tuning in. I know it was a slower day, so apologies for that, but we got to make do while we can. Got one more episode this week, obviously coming tomorrow, and then I am off next week. So no episodes all of next week, so we'll make tomorrow a good one. And until then, folks, take care. Make sure you check out Rush Hour tonight, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, and follow along on Twitter at DannyBurke5, and always appreciate if you like and or subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when the episodes get released right away. That'll do it. Take care. Once again, best of luck, folks.